Hi, y'all. It's Angela, and I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled. And I'm so, so excited to talk with a lawyer today. Not that often do I get the opportunity to really get insight from a lawyer unless I'm like in my lawyer's office and usually it's not happy and it's not good. Um, and so I'm super excited to ask a couple questions and really just open your minds that if you're a new entrepreneur or a new newer business owner or my God, things change every year. Y'all, the rules get different. The laws get different. And so it's always good just legally to cover your ass and make sure every year that you are covering yourself and making sure that you're reviewing your contract or your service agreement or whatever you want to call it. My God, you've got to cover your ass. And so Annette Stepanian. Is what is that? What, your That's, last name is it? It's Armenian, like the Kardashian. Yeah. Oh my God, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like when I look at their name, it's like, how the hell do you say that? But of course, every everybody knows. <laughs> knows how to say the Kardashians, which is hilarious. So it's Armenian. Okay, got yeah. it. Yeah, I, I botch people's last names. Um, but Annette, welcome. I'm super excited that you are here to share some legal stuff with us. And I love your company name, your legal BFF. <laughs> so it's like you're a nice approachable lawyer where a lot of lawyers are very intimidating and it's like, no, I'm going to be your BFF and tell you how it is. And at first I want to know, like, how did you even come up with that business name? Welcome to Business Unveiled, the podcast designed to help you thrive in the creative community. Here's your host, events and productivity consultant, Angela Profit. Hi, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Business Unveiled, expert tips and secrets from top creative industry professionals, where we take you behind the scenes of our past experiences in the creative industry and share with you what we have learned from them and how they have made us stronger. This podcast will help you grow a productive and profitable business to launch you into success within the creative industry. Today's podcast is brought to you by Vlog Easy. That is V as in victory. Vlog Easy is an app in the iTunes store for iPhones that help you make content videos as well as vlogging on the go to share with your audience. It has absolutely transformed the way that I do video and communicate with my audience. If you are looking for an app that allows you to edit on the go, or if you simply don't know how to edit videos, this app allows you to do just that. You can record yourself in a quiet room. You don't have to remember what to say. You can simply look at your notes, and each time you're quiet and you pause, the Vlog Easy app takes all of those quiet moments out and edits everything together. It's like magic, and it saves so much. 
time. Vlog Easy allows you to record in vertical or horizontal formatting. You can import existing videos that live on your phone into the app and so much more. Vlog Easy Pro gives you the unlimited cloud backup as well as removing the watermark. Give it a try for free today. The link is bit.ly B-I-T dot L-Y slash vlog easy in all caps vlog easy is case sensitive so be sure that you've got that caps lock on and you're putting in vlog easy in all uppercase v is in victor l o g e a s y give it a try I love Honestly, it. I don't even know. That's a really? really good. Yeah, like a lot of the stuff I do for marketing, like I don't know. I just, I just do. I think of it and I just do it, and it's not like this big strategy or there's not a lot of sexy stuff behind it. Gotcha. Okay. I think, yeah, I think I just I wanted to make law very approachable to people, mm-hmm. um, and just to, you know, like your best friend always kind of looks out for you, you know, and totally kind of how I wanted to. I wanted people to feel when they use our products and our services. I love it. That's awesome. Well, before you knew, first off, that you wanted to be a lawyer, and secondly, that you wanted to really serve entrepreneurs and really help them start their businesses, run their businesses, grow their businesses, how did you even, like, did you know when you were a kid, you know, when you're like in sixth grade, and they're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, were you like, I'm going to be a lawyer? Like, how did you get to where you are today? That's a really great question. I haven't really thought about that in a long time. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I grew up thinking I was going to be a lawyer. Um, I, you know, did the typical things of like, I was the teacher. I would line up my stuffed animals on my bed and, you know, give them tests and things like that. So I kind of went, (laughs) yeah. And then I really wanted to be a cashier. Like I really loved cash registers. So I did Are you that. like a cashier? Yeah. Like yeah. at the grocery? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, way to like, you know, <laughs> dream big. But um I just I okay. think I just love the cash register, um, the buttons. But so I remember I have those memories, but I think I always knew I wanted to get a uh, a master's degree or something like education was always just like a no brainer for me. Like I, I knew I was going to go to college and I knew I was going to get a master's. And so I studied uh, business at USC um, and it's a pretty competitive program. And in that process, I was like, well, I, I want to go get another master's um, or get a master's. Um, law seems like a great idea. It seems like the, the combination of business and law will give me a really solid foundation for whatever it is that I want to do in the future. And I think, especially as a woman, I kind of, in my mind, I don't know where I adopted this story, but I was like, well, if I'm a lawyer, nobody would mess with me. You know? <laughs> like, so, I love it. So that was kind of my motivation that like, people won't, you know, take advantage or won't fool me if they know that like, I'm a, I'm a lawyer and whatnot. So Like I know my shit. (laughs) Yeah. Or like, you know, so um, that's kind of, I think was the driving force. I wish there was a, a, like I said, a more um, kind of romantic story about how I wanted to go save the dolphins, environmental (laughs) law or something, but it really came out of just a practical um, drive and just, I, I, I love school and the intellectual challenge of law school was very appealing to me. Okay. Um, So yeah, that's, that's, 
not the, you know, plot of a really sexy Hollywood story. <laughs> no, but it is what it is. And I yeah. mean, it's just you, but you did, you like thought, I don't want people to mess with me. Like, I mean, people who do go to law school and like study for the bar exam and like pass the bar exam, it's like, it's a whole different level of respect. I mean, it really is. And also like, I always talk about the, the industry, like attorneys, lawyers, like it really, that industry has done such a good job on educating consumers the value that you bring to the table for the consumer or for your client. Whereas whenever like in the creative industry, if I'm doing a wedding or an event, I'll never forget. I had a coach and he's like, we're changing your business model. You are not charging like this. You are not making money. You've got to track your time. You've got to do this. You've got to do this. So I tried it. And the first few people, literally, they said to me, oh my God, you charge like a lawyer. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not a lawyer. And I have this new coach and business manager to track my time. And if it's not for you, then it's, I, then we're not going to work together. And the first few people, you know, said no, because they're like, I'm not paying you hourly, literally like an attorney. And then, you know, it's like the fourth and the fifth and the, they're like, okay, like they, they understood the value. And I have found over the years in tracking our time that people who own businesses and people who have the entre entrepreneurial mindset, like they get it. Mm -hmm. And so the, your industry has done a really, really, really great job. But how did you know that you wanted to specialize in working with entrepreneurs? Because that's a very specific niche. So I'm just wondering yeah, how you decided that. So what happened was, so I took the traditional route right after law school and I was, started working at a, a big firm here in the San Francisco, well, in San Francisco, um, doing uh, defense litigation for, well, product liability um, for pharmaceuticals and medical device manufacturers. Um, really, wow. really sexy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and it was a really great experience. Um, I was there for about five or six years and I just didn't see myself making a career like in that setting. Um, it just wasn't lighting my fire. So I took a leap of faith. I quit my job. I had no plan. I didn't know what I was going to do next, which um, if you've ever met a lawyer and most lawyers are very like just type A and no, just like to plan things. It, it was yeah. really like the equivalent of just like jumping off the cliff, you know? Um, and so I took some time off. I actually started my own jewelry line for a while. Really? Yeah. I was like, I don't want to do anything with the law. I just really want to um, be creative, like deliver joy to people. Like there's this whole side of me creative side of me that had never, that had kind of been put away, um, to get through law school and to get through the, the law firm experience. Um, and so I just kind of started rediscovering myself in that sense. And during that process, a lot of people that I would interact with were like, Oh, you're a lawyer. I have a question. Or, you know, they, they started coming to me for legal uh -huh. help and um, I kept resisting it. And finally I thought, you know, I do miss the law. I do miss kind of the way I have to use my brain when I'm doing legal work um, versus creative work, right? And so I thought, mm -hmm. this is a really nice way to marry. It was almost like I felt like I, I spoke two different languages and I was like putting them together. Um, and so I thought it was a really nice way to marry my interests, my passions, my, my background, um, and provide a service that people were asking for. 
so that's kind of how it evolved. Um, it just kind of was like, oh, here's an opportunity. Um, mm -hmm. Let me let me go with it. And um, I've been doing it ever since. You listened to your audience. <laughs> and that, I mean, it seems like such a simple concept. Right. But even like some of my team members, they're like, Ange, people keep asking you, like, help me start a podcast. Like, how did you start a video series? And, how, and they're like, why don't you just like have a company that helps people do that? Because people keep asking you how to do it. And I'm like, because I don't need another damn thing to do. Like, <laughs> but you have to have the passion for it or the interest in it, you know? And like if, if starting teaching people how to start a podcast, like if it's just not lighting you up at the, at the mm -hmm. moment, you're, it's, you need to listen to yourself and your yep. instinct. Yep. But yeah. But really, well, for me, it was like, I took a step back. I'm like, okay, because I actually do, like I love teaching and I love helping entrepreneurs get results. And, but I also know that entrepreneurs have entrepreneuritis where they can't focus. So it like yes. ends up being like a mom role where it's like the nagging mom, like, Hey, did you do your stuff this week? And I'm in your Google doc and I don't see that you did your script, you know, just it's like yeah. constant accountability coaching, which I don't like doing that, but I love helping people and giving them the steps and then they're going to have to go do it. Like I'm not going to do it for them. So that was the disconnect where it's like, you know, we don't have to do so many events and I can free up my time and have our team do more. And, but, but some people like, they just don't have the focus. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. And I think it's gotten harder. Um, like as with like the technology and just like the world we live in now, we have so much information and so many opportunities and the, the, the cost of entry is so low, mm -hmm. you know, that people are like, well, I'll just start an Instagram account and see if I can yep. like sell these things and see what mm -hmm. happens. And you definitely start to see the people who are in it in the, for the long haul and kind of the people who are just testing the waters, which is fine. Um, but yeah, I could see how it could get frustrating when you're trying to help someone. Yeah. If they're not committed fully, yeah. it can it can feel like, well, I'm probably like, what's the point? Yeah, there's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So I know that you have five key elements that business owners they really need to think about these things at any stage in their business or on their entrepreneurship journey. So what are those five key legal elements that people need to remember if you're running a business, if you own a business, if you're entrepreneur, creative entrepreneur, I know for myself, just when I first started out, I didn't know what an entrepreneur was. I, I was like, I don't own a business. I work at a hospital. Like I just do this for fun. Um, but from a legal perspective, you guys like, thank God after doing fun things for two years, like I got a business license, I got insurance, like I got all this stuff and I've been drugged to court, not because of me, but just subpoenaed for other reasons and other things. And people have fallen off ladders and people have tripped and fallen. And there's so many things that like, you don't think about it until it happens to you. And then you're like, oh my gosh, am I legally covered? Like legally, what am I responsible for? And unfortunately, like if you're just doing it for fun and you don't have an LLC and you don't have an umbrella policy and you're not covering your butt, like they, people can come in and like be awful and kind of take everything you have. 
So this is probably one of the most important podcasts I'm doing um, right now because people need to understand that if you're going to run a business, you've got to legally make sure you're covered. So what are those five big keys? <laughs> yeah, I actually like to use the framework of what I call my legal burrito. Ooh, <laughs> I love it. I love me some burritos. Um, and so I, I, all my analogies have to do with food. But it. it's basically, it's, it's like, you know, building a burrito. There are different ingredients that we want to put into our business to help protect us. Um, so with the burrito, you know, your first thing is usually a flour tortilla. So that's your foundational issues. Things like, like you had mentioned, should you become an LLC? Do I need licenses? Do I need certain permits? Do I need to get insurance? Do I need to file a fictitious business name application? They're all the things that um, usually happen at the at the start of a business um, or the birth of a business, but not can also you can also revisit this later on um, in your business as it grows and evolves. But essentially, the things that are really foundational, it's like the key stuff, like it's your tortilla that's going to hold all the other stuff inside of it. The next ingredient is um, the carne asada or your contracts. <laughs> so this is the quote unquote meat of your business. Um, so this is, you know, a lot of us are in service-based businesses. Um, even if you're not, even if you're a product-based business, you're, you're probably either entering into like providing contracts to your clients or you're signing contracts from other people like vendors or other service providers so getting a really good grasp, um, getting solid contracts that you could use in your business, um, understanding what these mean, <laughs> you know, I'm, um, it's, it just blows my mind how many people just sign contracts and have never read them. Nope. <laughs> but then, you know, if you're a service provider offering your client a contract and they come back to you with questions, so many people will oftentimes say, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> you know, like you should right. have that basic understanding. So it's, really about getting the contracts you need, making sure they reflect your business, your business policies and procedures, not that, you know, not your neighbors, not the next girl um, or the next business, but you and your business. Um, so getting all that stuff together or reviewing, having somebody review contracts you're going to be signing and entering yeah. into. Um, the next ingredient are your, um, your, online communication. So these are like your onions and your cheese and all that stuff, right? <laughs> Love it. So nowadays, many of us are running an online business um, or we have some sort of online presence, whether it's a website, it's email marketing, um, it's social media. Uh, there, there are rules, whether it's privacy rules, whether it's the Can Spam Act, there are a lot of rules and laws about what you can and can't do. Um, even things like advertising, you know, what kind of claims can you make? Um, when you work with affiliates or you have ambassadors for your brand, um, you know, how are they supposed to um, disclose that relationship in a sponsored post or sponsored content? So this is kind of getting your head wrapped around that online communications. The next one are your pinto beans um, or, your <laughs> or your people. Basically, this has to do with any type of hiring of employees, um, of um, uh, independent contractors, of interns. Anytime you're bringing people into your business, um, there are rules around that, you know? Um, 
And, uh, you know, how do you classify a worker? If someone's an employee, what are the wage and hour laws? Like this just, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. And then finally you have, um, your uh, trademarks and copyrights. So these are your toppings. So these is, this is where you get really creative. Um, this is where you can add things. You could add the avocado, you could add the hot sauce, whatever it is that you like. Ballot um, on. Yeah. And this is, you know, that's what trademarks and copyrights really are. This is really our creative content. Um, it's our brand identity, um, our intellectual property. And so rules around how do you protect that um, how do you keep from infringing on somebody else's content and trademark? Um, so that so those are kind of the five big ingredients or the five big areas that most businesses are going to have to deal with in some capacity. There may be more depending on what kind of uh, work you do, um, but those are kind of the big buckets. So do you have like one top story where – an, an entrepreneur was completely blindsided and you, I mean, not that you would ever say this out loud, but you thought to yourself like, gosh, if you only had done this, it would have saved you or it would have changed everything for you. Like, have you had situations with clients where you're just like, oh my gosh, like there's really nothing I can do for you kind of thing? Yeah. And I actually just um, released a podcast episode about it. Um, and it was such an easy to fix, easy to fix mistake that it like, it just broke my heart. <laughs> um, oh, no. So basically, you know, without giving too many details so I could respect her privacy, Oh wow. Um, but yeah, long story short, um, she was a service provider and they, the contract was worth $50,000. Um, so the client, um, put in $25,000 to get started. Um, and, uh, it was the $25,000 was supposed to be non-refundable. Um, she pays it, <clears throat> they, they go start doing the work. And then the client comes back and says, listen, I'm really sorry, but I'm going to have to cancel this contract. I totally understand if, um, you have to, you know, bill me for the time that you've already put in. Um, but I want a refund of the balance, which was really reasonable of, I think the client to ask, you know, sometimes they're like, Oh, I just want all of it. Um, the, the client was really trying to work with this person. Um, yeah. and so I said, well, what does your contract say? She goes, well, the contract says that the $25,000 is non-refundable, but we never got a signed copy from the client oh, of the no. contract. <laughs> and what can I do? And what hurt me the most for her, like my heart just ached was that, that she had already spent that $25,000 on like operating costs and things. Of course. She didn't have the money to give back. Um, so that was something that was so simple. That was truly like an administrative error that if she had really systemized things and had the proper systems and checks and balances in place, she could have made sure that she had the contract um, signed and that would have at least, you know, she could have decided whether or not she wanted to give the full amount back. But if she had that signed contract, it would have given her more leverage to say, no, this is non-refundable. I can't, I can't refund you the $25,000 now that you're canceling. So that was one that I was just like, it just really hurt to hear. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And I know every state is different. And I know in some states, the word retainer versus deposit, does that have any, 
like I know you're in California, but does that have a difference in court? Do those two words mean the same thing or are they different? You know, I try and stay away from those words generally. Uh, I like to use things like initial payment or first payment, um, okay. something to just kind of you know step away from any of those words because they tend to connote like that it's non-refundable mm-hmm. um, or there's this impression that a deposit is something that you can get back mm-hmm. even though you say non-refundable. So I just, I just, I'm like, let's just avoid it altogether and pick a different word. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, because in the creative industry, most people, they make a deposit, and we really had to change some of our wording. I feel like our contract could change at least every quarter and update it for clarification, (laughs) but it's like, you know, people break up or they get deployed. You know, shit happens. I get it. However, from a business perspective, I can't rebook that date usually. Because if it's three months away, I'm not going to book a wedding or an event. And we have been forecasting for that revenue because we have to meet a number each month for to to pay bills, to pay people, to pay overhead. And so we've had clients get very upset. Like, so I make sure before someone retains our services at all, like, it's the first of every month. We bill however much time we spend on your event. It is non-refundable. And if you break up or the event doesn't happen, 90 day, like, I don't know, I think it may even be 120 days now. Like, you still have to pay in full for that day rate because we were planning on that revenue and we've had it on the calendar for most likely at least 10 plus months. And so if, if, if you don't run a business, people don't understand that and they get really mad. Um, unfortunately, we haven't had anyone say, well, you're, you'll hear from my lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, no, you signed the contract. So I'm sorry that, and you, and you actually initialed <laughs> next to it. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sorry you didn't understand that, but we have had people come back and say, well, then shit, I'll just have a party. And <laughs> because, because a lot of vendors, like they're like, we were planning on that revenue. So you know, usually it happens once or twice to you. And then it's like, oh, this needs to never happen again. So it's like, you don't know what you don't know until it happens to you. And I love that you're constantly reviewing your contracts. I I say that all the time. It's not a set it and forget it type of thing. Um, Ideally, at least once a year, you want to review this stuff, if not more frequently, like after every project, after every, you know, uh, quarter or whatnot to see, like, do we need to change our policies? Um, And I love that, especially what you're doing is, what I find is a lot of people when they first get started, you know, they, they get kind of these contracts from friends and Facebook groups or they Google mm-hmm. stuff and they download them and they copy and paste and put it together. But there are a lot of reasons why you shouldn't do that. But I think one that a lot of people don't talk about is that it really deprives you of the opportunity of really thinking intelligently about how you need to be running your business. So for example, like this, the payments, you you bill every month for the time for the work done the month before, right? Like, yep, that's really, really smart <laughs> for your business. Um, because a lot of people in the wedding and events industry will, will bill, you know, upfront to kind of get that quote unquote deposit. And mm-hmm. then they'll bill right either right before the event or right after the event. Mm-hmm. Well, as a wedding planner or event planner, you are 
taking on a huge risk because you're doing all this work sometimes for a year before the event and you're not getting paid for it. And there's this risk that couples might get deployed, couples might break up, uh, companies might cut their budget, whatnot. Um, And then you're put in the situation where you have to chase down a payment. So when you're copying and pasting and just looking at what your neighbor is doing all the time, you, 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 it, 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 it's like you kind of get lazy and you don't think about, well, what would this work for my business? <laughs> like, it's, does this make sense for in terms of cash flow, in terms of, I don't know, different policies and whatnot? Should we continue it this way? And so I love that. I like gold star to you for those two things. <laughs> uh, for- we didn't start out that way though. <laughs> we yeah. did exactly what you just said. It's like, well, everybody else does a package and they take it in on the front end. And then I went through a divorce and I didn't have a steady paycheck from another income. And so my business manager at the time and then a mentor, thank God, was like, this isn't even like, this isn't going to work for you. I mean, you have to, you're steadily working 12 months out of the year. But at the time it truly was, there was a busy season and a non-busy season. And this is before I was teaching or speaking or coaching or doing destination events. And it truly was like, am I going to have to get a job? Easter famine. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm constantly working on these events. And so that's where we completely changed our business model. And at first I was so, so like, no, I can't do that. And my mentor was like, why, why? I'm like, cause no one does it like that. And he's like, but why do you care? We need to figure out what's going to work for you, your lifestyle, your business, your family. This is about you, not them. And I'm like, oh, dear God, you're right. I don't care what they're doing down the road. But you're exactly right. Everyone does that. I actually even coach people and I'll sell my contract. And it says in there, you know, it, this is state by state. It is advised that you get an attorney in your area to review this. This is what works for us. We're constantly updating it. And and people are like, well, I'm not paying $3,000. I'm like, well, would you rather invest that and save your ass or be sued for $300,000? And there's one sentence that was left out because of the state that you're in because Mm -hmm. every state has different laws. Mm -hmm. So I tell people like in big letters, like this is a great template for you to get started to make, making sure your company is profitable and also splitting apart the planning and logistics services aside from the design services. It's two completely different products. (laughs) And people are like, oh, so how did you go from 250 events a year to like 30, but you make more doing 30? And I'm like, well, I surrounded myself with a lot smarter people. And I invested in my company and myself to make sure that legally I was covered. When you're dealing, the more money you're dealing with and the the bigger budget you're dealing with, like that's when you really, really have to get very serious and make making sure that you're covered. So that just came from years and years and years of experience. So I didn't start off like that, but I'm much smarter now. <laughs> much, much smarter now. So you you said like you, you have a top important reason to have a solid contract and one that like no one is talking about. So what what does that mean? Does that mean like people don't read their contract. So you should talk about it once and then not talk about it again, or it's just like, be very clear. 
No, what I mean, I mean, we all know we need contracts because it helps cover your booty. It's, you know, uh, it clarifies expectations between the parties. Like we all know, like, that's like why you should have a contract, right? Um, you know, if you ever get into a disagreement, it's like you can pull out the contract and have that clarify things. But one of the best reasons, um, I think, to have a contract that what I mean by no one is talking about is that no one's really thinking about is that it helps set you apart from the competition, actually. Um, and I like to think of contracts almost like a branding and marketing tool. So, for example, let's say you are getting ready to hire a website designer and you go to three different people and you ask them to send you a proposal and a contract and an invoice so that you can review it. Well, you know, if person, you know, person one sends you like a Venmo link, you know, and there's no contract, there's nothing, everything's like done through email. Um, the second person sends you a contract, but it's super bare bone. Maybe there's typos. Maybe it's like missing certain terms that you would like to see included. And then the third person, uh, it, uh, has a very professional contract. It really protects you and the service provider. Um, it, it raises things you hadn't even thought about as a client. You know, who are you going to feel comfortable investing thousands of dollars with um, potentially? And, you know, most, most folks are, regardless of the value of the contract at issue, um, who are you going to feel comfortable investing money with? And it's truly, I, I would say probably most people are going to think, the last person, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're going to think this person has her act together. She's really treating her business seriously. Um, she's very thoughtful. She's professional. It, it gives a certain type of impression to your consumer. And uh, especially if you're working in what feels like a saturated market, and I, I'm sure everybody feels like they're working in a very saturated market. You want to use every advantage that you have to stand out from the competition. Um, and contracts, I, I think, are one way of doing that. Uh, especially if, for example, I don't know if you have a lot of folks in the wedding and events industry, but like if you're trying to get kind of into that luxury market, that kind of higher end clientele, or you're working with corporate clients, you know, you have to really understand your audience. Um, people in those kinds of categories are probably going to expect to see a contract. They're going to have a certain Absolutely. level of expectation. Um, if you're working with corporations, um, let's say you're a photographer doing brand photography or styled shoots for companies, you know, they probably have legal counsel on their team reviewing these. It's, it's, it's a way to market yourself. Um, and I don't mean like the fonts you use on your contract and the colors, you know, color right. paper it's printed on. So that's what I mean when I say it's something that like no one's talking about, no one's thinking about gotcha. is how it can actually serve as a tool to, to get you work. And you have contract templates. I your, do. On your website. Yeah. So uh, at yourlegalbff.com, uh, we've been doing this for quite a while now. Um, we have customizable templates for folks. Um, across different industries. And so you can go on there and kind of take this little like quiz on the homepage and you identify what industry you're in, how long you've been um, in business, yeah. um, ask you a few questions and it'll give you a list of potential contract templates you might need from service agreements to website terms of service and privacy policies to different forms and things that you might want um, to get you all, you know, like 95% there, you know, and then you can yeah. take that, customize it. Um, 
and what we do, which what I, I'm really proud of is that we don't just like throw a template your way. Um, mm -hmm. Most of the products will have videos that will walk you through each clause of the contract and explain it to you so that you understand what the heck your contract means. Um, and then you also get access to my three-part process of setting up contracts in your business. So it's, it's not just let me fill out this form. It's like, okay, let's think about intelligently our business. What, is it, what do we want our business to look like? What are some of the risks, some of the things that are keeping us up at night? And then with that information, you customize the template and then set up a system so that you're never in a situation like the example I gave before where you have a $50,000 contract and then you forgot to get the client to sign oh, it. <laughs> um, I just cannot yeah. even imagine. I, know. I, I cannot imagine. Yeah. So it's really kind of, it's my goal. It's kind of, it kind of goes back to when I said I went to law school because I kind of didn't want anybody to mess with me. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. kind of, I think that's been kind of a driving force behind what I do is I want, I tend to work with a lot of women, not exclusively, but more women. And I, I want them to feel really confident um, when they are meeting with clients and a client has revision requests or they're going into uh, a corporate meeting to pitch their services. I want them to like, I don't want them to be afraid when it comes to the contract, you know? Yeah. Um, and like our products are really, the hope is, the goal is to, to, to really give them that information so they can, they can make that transformation for themselves. Yeah, it's it's so empowering to be able to have a good contract and feel good about it. And like something that we implemented years ago is when DocuSign and Adobe Sign and HelloSign and EasySign and all those software companies started to come out and it was actually legal to have electronic signatures that you know we I've learned the hard way because I would get really excited and I would start putting mood boards together. This was pre-Pinterest too. And I would start cutting <laughs> pictures out of magazines. That's how long ago this was. And like <laughs> making a board, like a poster board, like a Girl Scout or something. And um, then it's like, I, I would never hear back from people. And so now it's like, we won't raise a finger until we have two things back. They have to click on that hello sign and sign it. And it, zaps into their Dropbox and they have to click on that QuickBooks link and they have to pay the invoice to get started. So, you know, we have our clients pay for 20 hours up front. I know that I'm going to need at least 20 hours to get started. And until they do those two things, we do not do anything because so many times they've done one or the other and then we get started and then something happens. It's, it's like, how many times do I have to learn this lesson to not yeah. lift a finger? <laughs> it's First. great. It's I love hearing this. I, I, I I'm I'm all about it. <laughs> I've learned it the hard way. Yeah, because yeah. What are, what are like common just other for from an entrepreneur standpoint? What are common contract mistakes that it just seems like every business owner makes and we're just not aware? Yeah, I mean, other than like not having a contract or having one that you cut right? and paste. Um, that doesn't really reflect your business. Um, I think some things are um, something super basic is like identify the identification of the parties in the contract. So, for example, if you are, let's say, an LLC or a corporation, 
you should not be personally identifying yourself in the body of the contract. So example, Jane Doe owns the LLC, um, you know, Pink Consulting LLC, let's just say. Mm -hmm. uh, it's mm -hmm. Pink Consulting LLC who should be a party to the contract. Now, Jane Doe will sign on behalf of Pink Consulting LLC in the signature block, but we want to make sure that she herself is not personally named because then mm -hmm. she is personally liable under that contract and not the LLC. So something super basic, you know, that takes like five minutes to fix, not even, um, that people miss. Um, I think people also uh, make the mistake of not thinking about how the relationship might end. Um, you know, you think about everybody's so excited, like, oh, I got this new client, all this stuff, you know, it's all rainbows and butterflies, but just like any other relationship, sometimes relationships, all relationships are going to come to an end. Sometimes you just, you finish the job, you move on, but sometimes, you know, things happen and a client needs to cancel. Sometimes you need to cancel. Um, sometimes there's a conflict, like people don't like thinking about those issues or addressing them properly in their contract. It's just kind of like, ah, let me just put something in there, you know, or let yeah. me just, let's, let's focus on the, like the deliverables. So, um, those are some things that I, I see people kind of miss, um, things like, you know, when, if there's a defined term in a contract, so let's say, um, the event date is October, you know, 10th, 2020. Mm -hmm. um, and you define how in the parentheses, you'll put like parentheses, quote, event date, end quote, close parentheses. <laughs> um, <clears throat> not using those defined terms consistently throughout the contract um, is another one. So little tiny like things sometimes, like sometimes even formatting mistakes um, that can have a big um, impact on the way in which your contract is interpreted. Um, and that's one of the things that we do include with our products is a checklist um, in one of the steps to, okay, you've gone through, you've customized the contract. Now let's go through this checklist and just like make sure our I's are dotted or T's are crossed. Like all these little tiny things are, are, are cleaned up before we send or sign this contract. I mean, totally. <laughs> There's so many things that you're saying and I'm like, yeah, we did, didn't do that a long time ago. <laughs> and we didn't do that a long time ago. And again, it's just like we've learned over the years that, I mean, you've got to update your contract every year. I, I can't imagine why people wouldn't do that. Um, we even like, because we'll have clients which is great. They trust us with everything. They're like, can I give you the alarm code to my house and you go let my dog out to pee? And oh, by the way, can you like pick up the, all the alcohol that's there for like 300 people, just throw it in your car and bring it to the venue. And it's like, I mean, in Tennessee, the alcohol laws are crazy like crazy protective. And it's like, if you don't have your ABC license and you are pulled over with like so many ounces over, um, like what you would buy in the grocery store, like you can go to jail for that. Like, so we literally had to put these things in our contract that wow. we legally cannot transport these types, nor do I want my girls doing that. Like, no, that we're not bartenders. No. <laughs> um, so it's just funny. Like our contract, like there's very specific things. And I tell potential clients, I'm like, if you have a question about something, it's probably because something happened 
So if you're unsure of it, you just need to ask because I'm sure that there is a story for it. But you said something really important that the contract really, yeah, it's to protect you. But like you said, it is really to protect the other party as well mm-hmm. and to make sure that both like parties are on the same page with everything. Um, so how did you decide to launch the templates? Did you have a bunch of people keep, they kept asking you like the same thing over and over. And you're like, I'm just going to put these templates up there because I'm tired of saying the same thing over and over. How did you decide to launch that whole other income, right? Like just another stream of revenue? Yeah. I mean, I was just tired of working with people (laughs) who had really like had no contracts or had really bad contracts, honestly, because remember I was, I had my jewelry line. So I was working with um, other creatives and I would get their contracts and it would, I was like, Oh my God, girl, like you cannot be sending those contracts out. <laughs> like, you know, just like, just, I remember working with someone and she just was fully giving away her rights to somebody else without even like knowing what she was doing. And, um, and so it really came out of just me seeing the, the lack of industry specific, like, um, affordable, <laughs> um, resources, legal resources for folks. And I just really wanted to, I mean, it sounds really kind of cheesy, but just really wanted to help people. (laughs) So, you know, for those people who are like, well, I don't want to spend the like thousands of dollars to work with a lawyer. I thought, well, what would be the next best thing? What if I could give them something that got them like 95, 99% there? I mean, don't quote me on it. It's not a real like (laughs) percentage, but like the majority of the way there. And then they could then hire a lawyer to review it at a much cheaper rate. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it, it takes a lawyer less time to review a contract than it does to draft one from scratch. Plus also because I work with folks in such niche industries, um, a lot of the times I hear people say, I did go to a lawyer. I tried to do the right thing, but they just like looked at me like I was crazy. Like they have oh. no idea like what I'm trying to do. Um, especially in the wedding industry and especially in this online education world, you know, yeah. most like, you know, th- th- that's what I've heard is that they just, they have no idea. Like I tell them what a checkout page is, like they don't know what I'm talking about. So it was also just kind of addressing uh, a market um, or a need in a market that yeah. I felt was not being served. Um, so that's kind of how it all came together again nothing really like it wasn't like this master plan (laughs) right it was just you saw a need and I um I see you have a YouTube channel you have a ton of like great resources (laughs) thank um, you for people and so your podcast is called office talk right yes and is that on iTunes only on iTunes or is it on all the platforms I know it's on, um, it should be on all, like it should be on Spotify. I think it's on Spotify. I know it's on iHeartRadio. It's on yeah. iTunes. I don't know. Just, I th- it's on YouTube. Like <laughs> it's, you can, it's on my IGTV, some episodes, yeah. like you can find it. It's on my website. Um, but yeah, the website, you know, I break down um, the content um, with these different ingredients that we talked about at the beginning. I break down the content and um, yeah, there's a ton on there. It's like, I've been doing the podcast for a while. So there's so many topics and now I'm like, what else can I talk about? Right. (laughs) Yeah. 
I love your brand though. Like it's so approachable and it's awesome. Like guys, if, even if you do have a contract and if you didn't have a professional attorney, like do it, um, I would definitely go check out your legal BFF.com. And I love how, like, I'm looking at the little quiz right now and it says, Hey there, I am a, and you have like a drop down box and depending on like what you choose here. And it has like every creative industry that you can think of um, just to check in with yourself and make sure that your butt is covered. Um, and you said, I already know what I need. Show me the goods. Like, I love <laughs> it. It's so fun. Um, and then on your, this website, you've got a flash sale. I'm sure like around the holidays, like we all run promotional sales, like for small business Saturday and you know all that good stuff. Um, but I love the brand and, and, um, girls, there, there are some really cute shoes on here, <laughs> some really fun pink on here. So absolutely love it. And then your Instagram, you have your Instagram account, but you also have your legal BFF Instagram account, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the, your legal BFF brand officially launched this year, but I, oh. I had been, I had been, um, uh, I've had the templates and stuff for several years, but I just yeah. separate the brands, um, because I just felt like they needed their own kind of voice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but they, so I have the both social media for both. Um, but I, I love think, it. Yeah. Thank you. This, this is, it's so awesome. You have so many great resources on here. Um, it's just, I'm like looking through your resource and I'm like, Ooh, I should read this and look at this. And <laughs> I mean, it's awesome. And then I'm going to listen to your podcast too. I keep like adding to my podcast list and it's just, I never get bored ever. <laughs> like there's I know. I love podcasts. It's yes. like, you wanted me to go to the gym and like walk on the treadmill. Okay. Give me a podcast. I uh -huh. will walk forever. <laughs> yep. Yep. And so if people want to connect with you, should they connect with you on your personal website or on your legal BFF website? Either one. Um, it's either, either way that they have contact forms on both. Um, the personal website is mostly for one-on-one -on -one services. Okay. Um, and so if people want to work together in some capacity, that's the best way to get in touch. Or if you want me to speak somewhere or whatnot, that's where we can connect. Um, gotcha. If you have questions about the templates, um, about the products on your legal BFF, it's probably best to just connect through, through that um, yeah. contact form. Um, Got it. But yeah, sometimes people have a hard time spelling my name. So yeah. So your legal BFF is a little easier to track me. Yeah, it's funny. Everybody misspells my last name, even though it's not that hard. Um, well, because we it kind of, you have extra, it feels like you have extra letters in there. Yep, <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. People are like two Fs and two Ts. I'm like, I know. It's just, so yeah, it's funny because when we look at the Google uh, words each month, like our report of what people like typed into Google and more people type in one F and one T. And then people are like, is this like a branding thing? And I'm like, no, that's my last name, but it's actually not spelled like profit. It has two F and two. It's just. Do you own Angela Profit misspelled the domain? Mm -hmm. No, 
you should get it and just redirect the traffic <laughs> to your I know. I know. I should. It's it's just we've had we own so many many oh domains. Gosh. Girlfriend, tell me about it. And I'm just like another one. I feel I'm like if people want to find us, I feel like they'll find us, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I yeah. should get it. <laughs> I know. It can get kind of addicting. Sometimes you're like, oh, how about this domain? Let me buy this one because I might need it in the future. Uh-huh. I'm yeah. like $10 here and $10 here. And then a year goes by quickly. And then I'm like, oh my God. Like, um, Well, then they charge you more for the second year. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. the thing. They get you in on that like really cheap price. And then it's like all of a sudden you look at your bills and you're like, what? I spent how yep. much on domain renewals? <laughs> Yep, it's a marketing scheme, but you know, <laughs> we fall we fall for it from a marketing perspective. But anyway, thank you so much for your insight and your burrito tips, which I absolutely <laughs> love. And guys, if you want to connect with Annette to work one on one, it's Annette, and I'm going to spell it for them: S T E P A N I A N dot com. And if you want to check out her templates, your legal BFF.com. And even if you don't need templates, like just go look at the website and follow her on social media because the brand's awesome. It's super, again, approachable and cute. And it doesn't feel like, like, oh my God, lawyer, I'm afraid. I I don't want to ask questions or anything like that. Um, And take the free quiz at your legal BFF.com forward slash quiz and like find out if your contract is like really up to date and as Annette says it if your contracts are are up to snuff that's cute <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's so much <laughs> you're so welcome yeah there's there's a quiz at the bottom of the the home page um, so if you already have a contract it's a nice way to just kind of double check if have I highlighted the important issues and things um, you know to see if it's up to snuff Okay. That is awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening today. I hope that everyone has a wonderful week and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Business Unveiled. Have a great day. Bye. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. And I'm so very grateful if you leave a review. Be sure you are a subscriber so you never, ever miss the juicy details of Business Unveiled. Also, be sure that you are part of my email list. And if you're not, sign up today at AngelaProfit.com, where I share valuable resources and exclusive products with only my subscribers. Now, before I go, I want to ask you, if you have a story or a product to share with the creative industry, please let me know To be considered as a guest on Business Unveiled, visit AngelaProfit.com and submit a podcast guest form. Until next time, remember to stay productive and profitable. You've been listening to Business Unveiled with Angela Profit. Join us next time as we share our experiences to help you be more productive and profitable in your creative business. For more great resources, visit AngelaProfit.com.